You're home for Super Bowl coverage, post-game, Dave and the Banshee. I went through a radio list of uh, the top shows, and it was awesome because I don't have a show anymore. I was ninth. I was ranked ninth in the country. Dude, you're nine and you don't even have a show? <laughs> yeah. What are, the, what, are the, what are all the people in your rear view even thinking? Right. So if I had a show, what, I, what would I be ranked? And then the second part of that is that's like Obi-Wan Kenobi type stuff uh-huh. where it's like if you if you take me down, you're only going to make me more powerful. Right, I think that's why they kept you up there just so you wouldn't just be like a like an imploding sun and everybody would melt. So when I opened the pod, Van Pelt, that way, I was going through. I was like, "What are the local?" Like I was just like, "I wonder what the local rankings are." Mm-hmm. And I, it still blows my mind how many local talk shows have names like that. Like it's not a joke. Dave and the Banshee exists. They're out of Tucson, Mondays through Friday, three to seven. I'm sure they're doing good content, good teases. Dave, remember, always tease. You really want to tease your content. You can do a lousy the segment. The Banshee, is, he's not there for teases. Nope. He's there for content. Dave's there to tease it. Then the Banshee, pow, top rope, uh, giving Banshee you the good stuff. Hits, hits, hits a sound effect. <laughs> Give it you. Hey, we had a soundboard. I used to make fun of that, we too. We didn't have then, a fart one, though. No, we didn't have farts. We should have had farts. We'd have been, you'd have been six. You'd have been six with farts. <laughs> so wait, that's a real show? Uh, I don't know if the Banshee is, uh, he might not be W2'd. Is what I'm saying. Understood. But, Off uh, the books. I look. You know what? You know what's funny is I looked at those lists, and here's the thing: you and I were conditioned to remember? look at it and get so furious. I feel like every week we do these, mm-hmm. it's going to be a slight revisit of resentment. And th- that one, I, I, that one on. was absurd. And we're going to get to the Super Bowl. We're going to do all LeBron stuff. But go ahead. No, but let's magnify the hate we had for the lists that we were we were <laughs> poorly rated on because <laughs> we weren't even rated two years. And I don't know who out I, of a hundred. I mean, come on. And I don't, I don't know which list it was, except I do, but I I'm do. not going right. to say it. Yeah, I we do. know the one it was. And, and I don't know whose whose girl we hollered at or who we slighted in the yeah, hiring process. I don't know what happened, but your list sucked, and we weren't on it, and it was just comedy. And I'd pretend like it didn't make me mad, but if I, I, I don't even know who the person is, but I still want to punch you. Well, because it became the. Like one year, I think we were eighty, and then the fifth year, the fifth year we were together when we were just in the heat zone, we weren't even in the top one hundred. And you and I are texting, and we're going, "What did you do? Do you know this guy?" I'm like, "I don't know." Did you say something to him? I'm like, "I don't." I like, I go honestly, I'd rather not even be on it than be eighty. And no offense to the Hall of Famer Joe Morgan. But Joe Morgan had a Tuesday night Yahoo.com baseball chat that was ranked like ten spots ahead of us when we were eightieth. Yeah. And I thought, you know, Joe was good. Joe was one of our first weekly guests back sure. in the early yeah. SVP show days. And we appreciate Joe popping on for us to give us the what for on the AL Central. Yeah. But I think the I think the message here is you just needed to sh- you needed to shed the the anchor, the literal anchor <laughs> that was me as you hit the stratosphere and got top ten, ranked number ninth without a board that had fart noises on it. I know. I never I never did that. <laughs> I wanted to and I always you know it's never too late, but because you and well, unfortunately, it just you would have been perfect for this. I wanted to do like a '90s day, yeah. a '90s day where everything we did was like '90s talk radio. So we did a Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame segment, mm-hmm. and then Michael Vick. That might have been too early, but dude, we were but we were ahead of the game. Oh, we could say could he be whatever the next something? Yeah, Revi- yeah be a, a we would have been visionaries. Could he have been the next Randall Cunningham? And then you'd be like, well, that's racist. 
Dude, yeah, exactly. Why can't so, he? Be, why couldn't he be the next uh, Joe Willie name? Although maybe we wouldn't have said that in the nineties. True. Just come back like a Ario Speedwagon. You know, all the rejoins just be classic sheet rocker. I, I'm not talking about like a style of rock. I'm talking about actual hanging sheet rock. When you were hanging rock out in the vineyard, I never hung sheet rock. I wasn't good. I wasn't patient enough to tape the corners. Um, okay, so how about that Super Bowl? First one I haven't been to in a long time. Uh, sat in the basement solo. I know that shocks a lot of people. I think the thing that I saw you say, and I said, and I want to start with it, is the way Peterson went about that last night is unbelievable. I love the fact that he just let just hung him out there and said, we're going to play to try to win the game. And what's ironic is that that Shanahan a year later still kind of gets maligned for being aggressive and probably realizing that whatever we have 28 might not be enough. So let's keep trying to score. But what Peterson did on the fourth down play on the goal line on the fourth down play in the fourth quarter, which I think was a far more important con- that the fourth down and one conversion to Ertz is at I the know- end of the first half. No, no. At the, in the fourth quarter oh, in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. That's so the most important, own- most important play of the game because yeah, they're on their own 40 well, something, right? right? You give them the yeah. ball back. They've got the lead and there's, you know, five and a half to go. They, they didn't punt the whole game. They're going to score again. So the fact that they were, they were not afraid. And and played with you could say nothing to lose, but I never believed that Ryan because they had they had the same thing to lose that New England. Yeah, did. you're trying to win the Super Bowl just because you're the underdog doesn't mean you go hey let's see what you happens. You have the exact same thing to lose, which is this opportunity which might not come again. And New England's lived here. The idea that they will go back, I, I just assume they will. But Philly, whether they go back or they don't, in this game they had absolute fearlessness and a confidence that we've got stuff that's going to work and. I, I I mean, they were just unafraid. So I'm sorry to jumped in there because you're right. The Ertz play is incredible, and I wish they, they didn't give us a great replay on that when you're watching the game because Ertz almost gets pressure, or he does get pressure, and the pressure almost gets there, and the pressure gets there. Guess what? New England is scoring again, and that game is absolutely over. Mm-hmm. But that one, I think, in the moment of the game was a little bit more of an understandable risk, and even Collinsworth calling the game was going, you got it, you got it here, okay? Yeah. And you're like, all right, yeah, because you're right. You're just so afraid to give the ball back to those guys. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the first half to run the play that's the touchdown to Foles, the catch, I don't think anybody's saying, oh, this is smart. Like Everybody's saying take the three, take the three. So between that and no one loved the two-point conversion that he went for, and then when that didn't work, it's like, oh, you're supposed to just go ahead and kick that whole thing. But I think you have to look at the whole 60 minutes of it and say, we're going to keep trying to apply pressure. And their defense was terrible. And even when they got to Brady, it didn't matter. And you have guys running wide open the entire game. I mean, just dudes hanging out like, hey, I'm back here behind everybody again. And Brady puts up all these sick numbers. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of guys would do that because the worst thing, and I've said this about all like, remember when the Eagles put together that defense and they called it the wide nine? Mm-hmm. And it was a disaster. But it was a bigger disaster because they named it something. Yeah, don't name something <laughs> yeah. that sucks. Yeah, because if it just sucks... We're not going to make fun of you as much. No. But if you come out and you're like, you know what, I've I've got the, I'm using the Johnson rhythm on my shooting touch now, and you go, well, you you can't shoot. You're just a bad shooter. Be like, oh, how's that Johnson rhythm going? That was right. a weird combo, by the way, uh, of of naming something. But then we make fun of you way more. So if Peterson just loses by not going for it on fourth down or going for six instead of three in all those spots, like he's in a position where he could have, like I think so many people in those spots will take 
the risk that, okay, what is something that will get me criticized less? Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do? That'll be crit- and he looked at it as like, I don't care what failures I could have here. You can criticize me all you want. It's just nice to see that it felt like it was a coach that rem- was removed from what the reaction would be on Monday. Biggest reward was going to come with taking the biggest risks, but obviously they didn't see it as a risk. And I mean, the second that that ball gets flipped and I realize that Burton's coming back, I'm looking at the play and I see, I see Foles and I see Burton running the same way and I'm thinking, that's six. I mean, that was as easy a play as there was in the entire game was, was have, they had that in their back pocket and have the, again, to have the stones to call it in on that on that stage, in that moment, it just spoke to a level of confidence and aggression that they had, and how they were able to turn Foles from what he looked, how he looked in that Monday night game against Oakland, when he he and that offense were dreadful. the The performances that they just had, NFC Championship game against that defense, and this game against New England, who's been there. Ten times. And you knew in the second half, too. And it played out that way in the third quarter. You go, okay, these guys are going to figure this thing out here a little bit. Or not. Or, you know, third quarter was just a nap for the Eagles. <laughs> sure. But they but they still, but, I mean, they scored 41 points in the football game. And Foles, like Brady had 500-plus yards punting, a passing, and they didn't punt in the game and Philadelphia won. That's an impossibility. That's Even a, in turnovers, That's too. a statistical impossibility. And they still won the game. And so what Foles became... Like, Wentz is their guy. We all know that. Moving mm-hmm. forward, come on. We all know that he's the guy. But the odds of full... <laughs> we would have been a better radio show. <laughs> yeah. We would have done like, why Foles the- is the guy? You should trade Wentz. Dave for- and the Banshee, Tucson. Yeah. Could you get a second rounder for Wentz? They- Wentz, in his career, likely won't have a two-game stretch in the playoffs that's as good as what Foles just had against Minnesota and New England. The, the, the odds of being that good ever in a two-game stretch in an NFC title game in a Super Bowl are just stacked against you. You're not going to be better than Foles just was. I'd be afraid to go get Foles if I were another team away from Peterson. Like That's what I would do. I would go, okay, how do I feel about my staff? Okay, I know what I just saw. I mean, this is also somebody who had 27 touchdowns and two picks with Chip at one point, mm-hmm. and nobody respected it. No, because and then everybody felt justified afterwards when he wasn't good again, right? And so that that's the big question that obviously the off season will be. And we talked to we talked to him, and by the time this is out, people will have seen the interview on Sports Center. Foles, we talked to him tonight, Ooh. and um, everybody got him. I just was kind of like a lineup. It's like a Disney thing. It's not like it's a big exclusive, you know. Did you get him instead of the six? No, they did too. Oh, um, but I I they I asked him what his favorite Meek Mill song was. I didn't ask him that because I you just didn't. No, nah, come on. You should have. I don't think he's down. I don't Can you imagine being in jail and being Meek Mill? No, but the, I think the streets, the word in the streets is powerful. And I think Meek knows that there was a real good chance on Sunday night that they were going to come for him and bust him out. That would have been a celebration. Yeah. Just an old Western type deal where they tie up some chains and some horses yep. and they, they put it around the bars and they just. I've always wondered about the jails constructed in Westerns. Be like, what kind of cement mix water ratio are you guys going with? You and I are right there together. I'd always think, man, I mean, I realize it's olden times, but they got to get, they got to get either some rebar that's just that you could really anchor into that, uh, cement, uh, into those blocks or else they've just, they're, they're failing with that process. Yeah. I know it's like close to the Missouri, but what? <laughs> Like who built who built your jails? I don't know. Like there, you didn't settle the land and go look at all these old jails with Shawshank type cement. Like some Shawshank makes way more sense that that jail at that time. Yeah, look how gray that thing is. Yeah, the that erosion. Whole is, yeah, that whole thing's gray. Your that, salt levels. Yeah, and yeah, because that's a 
that's like a whole, uh, there's like a ratio to salt to the, I don't even know what I'm saying. I just know that somewhere in the construction of the old timey jails, they, they, they need, they had it backwards. They needed to start with, all right, how are we going to get these bars secure that so that the horses can't pull them off when they want to bust Meek Mill out? And then we'll worry about the rest later. Also, we should probably not have a key ring that we hang it on so that somebody could lasso them and then pull the keys into the jail. That happened a lot, too, as I remember. Key rings have gotten smaller. Yeah, over the last they used couple to be a lot bigger, yeah. so it was way easier to hook them. Uh, but, yeah, Philly did go off on Sunday. Um, there was people eating. A guy ate poop. poop. Yeah, horse poop. Is there some poop truthers out there that maybe aren't buying that it was a real thing? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. That looked pretty real to me. I don't know. The dude. Why, why can can anything happen without somebody going fake? Nope. And uh, I don't know if we've reached the point that the little kid that got the selfie, if somebody's found out that his uncle is is in some like horrible uh, white supremacist group or something or has ever tweeted something that, that is negative about somebody. Is it related to Ken Bone? That's my point. Ken Bone, maybe he, he was he was cool for like two days. And then, then maybe like, there was some porno tweets yeah, right. or whatever. And, and you're then, like, oh, yeah. you love the dirt. <laughs> I, uh, there was a kid with the bullying. I don't know. Uh, things things got sideways there. I assume that kid's from Hingham, by the way. Sure, the shout kid. out to Hingham. Yeah, yeah. yeah the kid. Hey, dude, I I saw Timberlake. Yeah, I saw you can't. Yeah, Except- I didn't see Magoo though. <laughs> But your uncle, uh, yeah, the tweets he sent uh, in 2010 were gonna, you're gonna take you down, kid. Yeah, uh, that was like the bullying mom, right? You're like, oh, you're you're a terrible what, person. Yeah, like, what is this a timeshare? Yeah, I don't know. We gave money. I don't. I don't and know. Then how the that UFC works. fighter got all mad at her, and he was like, yeah, this lady sucks. So yeah, you're right. You're so, right. There's yeah. literally nothing can happen. So anymore. poop truthers oh. and uh, the kid in the selfie. I don't know how, where we are with that, but the game was great. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I still have a lot more on all those things, but I'm, Go. Just, I'm just not sure. In order. Uh, how many white guys did you see dancing to Meek Mill in the Eagles locker room? I get, well, it's not so much the dancing, because while we're at it, there's we all know that the, the, the N-word is featured prominently in those songs, and that, that's a, tick, that's a tricky NFC one. NFC East? Not NFC East. We, we stop with N, and we don't get to the F or the C. We just N-word, and you see it, and it's tricky, because you might want to sing along, but then you're going to have to stop, because you can't sing along to that word. You're so. just going to stop. So you know what you just do? You just you just hop around and dance. Yeah. Lane Johnson just dancing. Kelsey. <laughs> hey, more Meek Mill. All right. Free Meek Mill. Like, just yell that. Just be the guy that screams free Meek Mill. Someone told me that Chris Long went over and goes, guys, should we play the clean version so that Bo and I can be involved? <laughs> but I don't I don't I wasn't able to confirm any of that. Speaking of confirming stuff on the Pat side of this, okay, and this is something that I've always tried to do, and I actually find myself being annoyed with myself, and that I'm not suggesting that I'm doing this better. There's plenty of stuff where I've gone, hey, listen to me, everybody else is a moron, okay? And that can be off-putting, it can be annoying, but I feel like there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, this stuff isn't really that hard. Like, last night's a perfect example. Gronk's going to retire. There's doubt now about Gronk's future. Did anyone watch what he had to say? The guy just lost a Super Bowl. He's 29 years old. He's dealt with a ton of injuries. And, he, and instead of him saying, I can't wait to be back week one, go Pats, let's get him. And he was like, yeah, I'll examine my future. I mean, Gronk's kind of going like, he's looking around going, Am I interviewing for something? Because you know, I he, he like Gronk isn't sitting there breaking all this stuff down, and then we take it out of the Gronk stuff. Our coverage, everybody's coverage, is like, oh, you know, who knows about Gronk's future? And I go, why do we ever put any stock into the answers, especially from the losing side when we ask them, hey, like, how do you feel about your football future? It, it just it drives me nuts. I'm with you because you should you should never you should never take 
I don't mind them asking. Okay, the good fine. Or the go bad. ahead and ask. Okay. But, right, but the good or the bad in the hate. I mean, the 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 water isn't dry from the shower you took after the game. And Brady's like, dude, we lost 15 minutes ago. That's yeah. I want to play next year. Right, and then it's like, not concrete. Yeah, you just it's 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 foolish. Um, but look, how many things do I hate in the immediate aftermath about about legacy and about what this means? Right. So does that make us the jerks, though? Of course it does. Yeah, it does. We are. But but you you and I when we were ranked um, ninth, you were ranked ninth. We were ranked eightieth when it was you and I. <laughs> I. We tried to at least eliminate that layer of polls. that layer of the nonsense from the bean dip over here. Because what, what are we what are we doing? So that that's my whole point on the Pats coverage stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. I think Wickersham wrote that massive piece on the Pats. It's Wickersham. Okay, Wickersham isn't just sitting at home doing Mad Libs NFL style, being like, and the coach decided he hated his boss you know like <laughs> right. he's he's not doing that he's he's being fed this information wickersham put us in the room with goodell and the owners wickersham put us in the room on all these nfl lo- relocation deals the harbaugh piece that wickersham did the mangini one i was like man i think i like mangini now and then i got to meet him here and i liked him so i believe that there is some truth these great things they end at some point however however People wanted to sell that story so bad. And because the Patriots lost, it then became the, well, you said the mood around the locker room has been a weird couple of weeks. You know, this ominous tone and, and it, 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 like, this isn't just, and people didn't understand what I was trying to say, but I always feel like in the moment, it's when we were at our worst. And that was a fourth and one away from the Pats winning another one. So yep. could you then sell the, foundation is crumbling storyline if they just won the Super Bowl last night. It could be really hard to sell. So we play to the results so much that it's almost like we're convincing ourselves of our own stuff. And the point is, and this is another thing that people don't understand, when I tweeted that out, people were like, dude, Marshawn Lynch, one play here. You know, David Tyree, the one play there. Every We could do this all day long. And I'm like, yes, we absolutely could do this all day long. But when we're talking about the Patriots, specifically the Patriots, this is the fall of the Roman Empire. This is a bigger deal than just the outcome of a legacy of a win or a loss. And that's why I felt like that game, if they gotten blasted 40-3 to or something ridiculous, so unpatriots-like, then maybe I'd go, all right, maybe these two weeks were telling us something. Maybe this is the beginning of the end. But it's hard for me to buy all of the stuff that I read the obituary after the fact when we know that that was a play away from going the other way. I will say just before addressing what you're saying, it's fascinating how often the the story the day after when you and I even had shows, the story the day after couldn't have just been fractionally different. It could have been a 180 difference in what the storyline you're selling is. If if Marshawn Lynch gets the football and they win that game, if Atlanta gets a first down conversion and there's not a holding penalty to keep our guy Chris Long out of the backfield. I mean, there's a whole lot the Tyree. You could a lot of people have pointed out Brady isn't that far removed from being. Eight and zero, or like one and seven in his Super Bowls, which is. I'm mu- so glad you said one and seven because the first Eagles won never felt in doubt. It didn't, but there's there was great there was great uncertainty in many of these Super Bowls, which is odd just because so many of the the the, the dynasties, whether it was the Steelers or Montana or the Cowboys, these were just blowouts that were never in doubt. I mean, at least these are great games. Yeah, kids today have no idea what we dealt with in Super Bowls. They, that was like the worst. They were. And we awful. couldn't even drink then because we were so young. Yep. But at least we weren't so freaked out about the halftime show. The level of angst over the whole Timberlake deal. I mean, I get that the the Earthy album is maybe not my favorite, 
But wow, was there some people writing some stuff about how what he did at half was was like an affront to mankind. I'm like, just go to the bathroom and get go to the yeah, kitchen. I don't really get that. What was what was the biggest problem? I don't know. People were mad about the Prince thing. I mean, you're going to go to Minneapolis and not do a... So if he does no Prince thing, then yeah, what Prince happens? Prince doesn't like holograms. He thought they were demonic. But Prince had a whole lot of kind of picadillos, didn't he? He had some oddities in his... So Rudy, so Rudy wants to jump in. Prince Prince didn't like Justin Timberlake. He didn't <sighs> like his music. He didn't like him as a dude. And there was mm. some beef back and forth. Yep. Timberlake even dissed Prince in a song. Yep, that was kind of uh, weak. Probably maybe ten years ago or so. so there's bad. Bad the lyrics. There. Can you research those lyrics? Bad form. It's something about like it was about sexy back, and it was like you're just mad because you didn't come up with it. Print, you know, at Prince. Oh, dude, he invented. Sexy. It was bad. He it did. Was, so there so was no sex mad. before Prince. Just sexless. And then here he no is. Sex. The purple Yoda from Minnesota showed up, and then boom, people were just naked everywhere. But do wait, you remember? Do you remember <laughs> Prince tweets for you? I, yeah, it's, emotion. <laughs> I retweet immediately. That guy was the best. Yeah, Prince tweets for you was really, really. Let's, and when I'm Prince gonna... died, the Prince tweets for you guy actually had this awesome tweet that said, "Hey, you know what? Just so people know, like it actually got back to me that Prince knew about this feed. And if you don't know what this is, Van Pelt's looking it up right now because they're unbelievable. A month would go by, and the Prince tweets from you account wouldn't tweet anything, and then it would just tweet out emotion and it would get like 10,000 retweets and apparently Prince knew about it and thought it was hilarious and the dude that ran the account tweeted that out which I thought was really cool June 3rd 2015 sensation <laughs> Wait, I hope people know how I mean it's just so damn funny and brilliant and just like once a month, hey, I'm going to pop out something. Please give us a couple more. I'm kind of stalling for you here because I want these to be good. April 15th, 2014. Erotic distraction. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many better. I'm looking for the There's best There's some ones. longer ones, too, that are incredible. Um, There's something about space. Oh, uh, here's now. a good one. 12-2-13. I fly private. Shout, up to, shout out to Wheels Up and the crew. Uh, <laughs> if they want to sponsor this podcast, they don't have to pay any money. Take me <laughs> work to, something out. <laughs> take me to pleasure, and it's naturally it's a two. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for the, my favorite ones, but I'm not going to keep doing this uh, because it's going on too long. And you asked me questions about New England and the whole bit, the 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 the, the whole revisit the Monday following about the dynasty and this and that it's, it's appropriate with new England only because there are health questions with Gronk. Uh, except that he's still the best tight end of the league. Un clearly unguardable yesterday. Uh, Can you imagine having to be a corner? And play no, against him? no, 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 not fun at all. Brady is 40. He'll be 41 next year. And on his third, at some point, at some point, my Wi-Fi password is expose. <laughs> <laughs> um at some point it ends i just i don't think it ended last night especially in a game where if you get a stop on fourth and one and they, they you know they run it out there there's another parade and it's brady with the confetti falling down uh now i'm just looking through prince tweets okay so i think we've covered most of that uh sensuality <laughs> see that one i can't read um, this is much better than the, the Michael Jordan account. Uh, all right. Um, 
Gosh, see now this all I want to do is is read is, the Prince tweets. Yeah, I know. Thanksgiving 2014 ate too much turkey. Even Prince liked turkey. Yeah, Prince liked it. He didn't like Timberlake though, apparently, and so people got really mad. 2014. I'm going to be on SNL. I hope they do Mango. He is funny. Okay, I'm way, I'm way too distracted from all that. Okay, the Malcolm Butler thing. All right, what what happened? Okay, I don't. I've done some searching. Obviously, a guy who knows a guy. Sauces. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've gotten te- uh, some texts from buddies, and they're like, "Dude, here's what here's how it went down." All right, you know the Squire. <laughs> so, uh, no, it has nothing to do with the Squire. Off of uh, 128, the Pila 93. Yeah, so. Clearly something crazy happened. Um, You'd have to think. He played 97, 98% of the snaps, and he played one punt return team last night. So if you're Belichick, and people are pissed now because they lost, right? They, they gave up a ton of yards. They lost. How come you're not playing Malcolm Butler? I think if I were Belichick and Gronk slept with my wife, I would still let him play in the Super Bowl. Is this before or after Prince? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's got like, to be a line in the sand where... where there, That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what could Malcolm Butler have done? And I've heard rumors about a curfew and that, you know, he got in some trouble in a hotel room or whatever. And I understand. But if we're talking about the Super Bowl, I remember one of the biggest arguments you and I ever had was about Carlos Dunlap when he was playing for the Gators, right? And mm-hmm. he, he was passed out, of his, passed out of his car, right? At a, at a stop line. And I always kind of went with, like, the red R-back theory was if you punish a player and he's really good, you're really just punishing the team. You get to figure out something else to do. If you were the head coach of the Super Bowl, what what would a guy have to do to know you're putting yourself at a disadvantage and all the dudes on that roster that have busted their ass for months? It would have to be really bad. Now, now Belichick's a guy who values, who values, among the things he values the most is dependability, to be able to know you can count on someone. And, and commercial real estate. Also that. Anything else, Bill? You're just going to make sure you got plenty of parking. Uh, it's great if you can get a couple exits on the north and south. I mean, you, get, you get just at west entrance parking, you get in and out. You spend your matters, insurance premiums go up. you got to do what's best for your parking. <laughs> <laughs> You're better at it than I am. <clears throat> I, I, I was funny, though. I was going to do something about combos, about liking pizza combos. Um, hey, Bill, when you're trying to figure out which combos are best for a road trip, but you're driving and you don't have any napkins, what's the best combo to go with? I like the ones that are the pizza ones. The pizza ones. when the, uh, the, the It's a pretzel outside. The pretzel outside is less, uh, less stuff on your fingers. You get stuff on your fingers and it's on your shirt and it's on your pants. And if you have a dark trouser, I like a darker trouser. The, the denim, the really dark denim. I like that. So go pizza. Um <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know what Butler did. I don't know what it was. I don't know how bad it was, but it had, I mean, it had to be something that, that, that Belichick felt like was an affront to the whole group because to the point you made about punishing the team, clearly they're better with him on the field. And so they cared enough for him to not play in this game. And in a way, you could say Belichick is hooking Butler up because he's going to be looking for a new contract. Like is he is Belichick better telling us what we need to know? And this is a little unfair to Butler, but clearly something screwed up happened. Okay, it wasn't what was best for the team to all of a sudden have him in the game plan and then not have him play. It wasn't the flu. Okay, the guy's losing his mind during the anthem, and we thought, oh, maybe he's being emotional because he loves America and it's for the troops. But no, it's because he's not going to play in the Super Bowl. Okay, one of the greatest Super Bowl heroes ever with that pick against Russell Wilson. So 
I get to like if I were a guy on that defense and had been around a while, I'd be pissed. I'd be really mad. But I don't at know who? at who at Belichick. What about if it's how about if it's if it's on Butler? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know, I know. I That's mean, the look, thing. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Ev- everyone on that team knows what knows what the story is. What would, everybody knows? I mean, they so, they understand what you can and can't do as a group, and and. I imagine that there's probably more wiggle room. It's the animal farm bit. It's not, you know, we're going to treat you fairly, but not everybody's going to get treated equally. And so there's probably, there's probably wiggle room, but maybe he'd exhausted that wiggle room. And now I'm guessing, and I don't want to do that because I don't know what happened, but that group knows what the rules are. And, and, you know, if you put your toes up to the line and then they, all of a sudden you're, I mean, he had to be way out of bounds. And so, yeah, I mean, are you pissed? But you know who you play for, man. Would you bench a guy and hurt your chances at winning a Super Bowl if you were a head coach? I got to know what he did, but I okay, mean, but, all right. I'm your, I mean, short of I mean, you you said a guy could you know it's, it's if it were Gronk, it's, it's like the car keys in the bowl. Okay, the guy right, so, could take your wife home. By the way, the wife doesn't exist. See, I don't have a, I don't because, have a wife, so yeah. I don't want to do this to you because it's a really weird hypothetical. Um, no, okay, no. so no, so no is the answer. Okay, <laughs> let say, me cut you off before you get to that exit. Say he. Say you were coaching the Pats, and I was your bestest friend in the whole wide world, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, Gronk beat the bag out of me. Totally unprompted. Just beat me up. It's Gronk? Yeah. Man, you're going to have to shake that one off. You would ask me, what did you do? Yeah, I'm going to have to say, how, well, how, did you, how, did you, how did you elevate the situation? Right. Okay, so maybe that's not a good one. I'm trying to think. I, the, 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 let me... Would I bench it sucks a guy? Sucks that you're married, because now we can't do that one. No, because it's like it's it's get, awful. It gets, I'll stop. It, I'll stop. It, it I'm gets, sorry. Gets back to the wife, and she's like, "So, so you <laughs> you'd let them play? I mean, we're trying to win the Super Bowl, baby. Hey, I'd bench our punter, honey. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, we get it. We, we just pooch punt the whole yeah. game. I mean, no. I I I'd like to think that I'd like to think that the rules matter, but <clears throat> obviously, I, I it, it it hurt him. It hurt him badly. You know, they're most yards in the history of the NFL. Not a game, not the Super Bowl. I mean, not just the Super Bowl, any game ever. It's insane what happened. I know Philly gets dumped on a lot, and a lot of it's their own doing. You know, it's it's always annoying when somebody will say to you, or, you know, somebody will say, like, oh, that's... I'm trying to think of, like, a good analogy here, but... um, You know, if somebody does something wrong, and then they're reminded of it all the time, you go, all right, hey, I'm, si- I'm tired of hearing about this. And you go, well, you know, those are the rules. That's mm-hmm. what happens. But it is an awesome city that cares a ton. And I know this is kind of the, like, it goes from, oh, those guys are the worst to, hey, good for them. But seriously, to not have a Super Bowl in that city ever, like there's, it's a good group of guys. We're obviously both pumped for Chris. I was pretty torn last night because I kind of wanted Brady to be ahead of, like right behind Jesus, but like right ahead of Churchill. But Churchill's going to be lower because of the Lusitania thing. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know, man. It's, I didn't, I was just so pumped for Peterson in a way, and I was, I, the full story's nuts. And now what's that? Three times, Hostetler, and then your guy, Doug mm-hmm. Williams. Doug Williams. Um, it, it, the way they won it, the fact that they did it swinging. It was the, a great game. It was so ballsy across the board. And now, I mean, I, one of my best friends is a Philadelphia friend, a Philadelphia buddy, and we've had a great bet that's been going on for now, forever. That the bet was that the Redskins would win their fourth Super Bowl before Philly won their first, and we've talked crap for twenty five years to each other. And he was there, and 
they won, and so now I got to pay up. And it's, but I'm like, I'm psyched to pay up. You have to eat horse poop. I don't. But now I just I have enough cash to be able to front to be able to pay the bet off because most of the time that we had this bet going on, I was with or the early stages, I was without the funds to actually pay up the bet. So I'm psyched for Philadelphia folks that finally got it. And and Philly as a city, you you lived up to every bit of your rep on Sunday night. Yeah, that's uh, poop. It's amazing the mob thing of what can happen. Be like, hey, would you ever flip over a car? No. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's chant bleep Tom Brady. Let's set cars on fire. Let's let's yeah. eat poop. All right, this is a game that we introduced last week, and you'll be perfect with this. But I was trying to think of if you could be another guy, what guy would you want to be? And this all spawned from I was at Whole Foods. My routine's a little weird last few weeks, I'll admit. And I was having lunch, and I saw a guy with a well-conditioned ponytail, full-blown ponytail, looked completely at peace. And I thought, could I have ever been that guy? A little woodworking on the side. Guy in Whole Foods with a Whole Foods ponytail. long ponytail. And you're like, if you could switch, like, would you ever want to be biker guy? Mm-mm. Okay, but that guy can, he doesn't call a moving company when he moves. He just leaves. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't worry about this time of year. He's not worried about the W-2 coming in. Nope. Okay? Nope. He's not. Nope. Um, gas mileage is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, can't go Can't go anywhere where it's cold or where it's raining or if it's snowing. Rain gets in your way. Yep. Big time. Or, and snow. But you're probably not living in a, in a climate where snow is a possibility. And if you're not tough, it would, it would suck to be the, the biker that's not the tough guy. Who who are you looking at right now through those eyes of yours? You're looking at a guy that's not going to be the toughest biker. Like, okay. Like when the fight breaks out, they're going to go, where's that big skinny fat kid? <clears throat> the bald one with a lumpy head. I want I want him. <laughs> who in has the, the sidecar that's always empty because his old lady left? Him. That'd be me. I'd be me. My old lady left because on a radio show I said that my best my team my best player on my team could sleep with her so we could win the game. And so and I'm also not tough. So I can't be biker would be a really a really tough one for me. Tough sell. What about what about like student volunteer, where you just you're around the kids all the time? What and, what grade? Like high school. Those kids are the are, I can't stand them. You can't stand high school kids. Nope. Yeah, but you decide. I don't care about money. I don't care about my wheels up deal. But, but I, I don't do. care about my. But I do, and I don't like. And I, nope, I'm shooting this one down. Like teenage, a group of teenage boys yeah. is the single worst group of people. You're on the Mr. Planet. Pelt. Mr. Huh? Pelt, you're not creepy, okay? So let's just get that out of the way. You're Mr. Pelt, and you go to Mr. Pelt to tell you your problems, and you know you, you don't make a ton of scratch. They you mock little, you. you they mock time. you. They mock you to your face and behind your back. They don't like you or respect you. But you tell people that you know. I just love the kids, and the kids are my priority. I could have made money, but I just care about the kids, and it's a great reward every day. Because you've been that guy. Nope. I mean, at least I know who I'm not. What guy could you be then? What guy, if you could be any other guy, who would he be? Top ten PGA, top ten in the world PGA Tour pro. That, See, that's that, not. I understand. Like yeah. clear, clearly, this is a, the game. Isn't you get to be someone good? It's someone that's going to be hard. There's going to be struggles. That's what you want me to do. Be yeah, some, yeah. Not pick somebody that's not top ten on the PGA Tour because I think most people could go. All right, I can do that. Can then wheels up his back. I couldn't back. be a biker. Uh, I'd be a lousy. What about a woodworker? What about woodworker ponytail guy who lives in Montana? Super peaceful. He's got a great dog. You love dogs. I like dogs. How's my accommodation? Do I have a good? Do I have a? Do, do I have a reliable cable package and a comfortable <laughs> bed? Uh no. You go to the library for free internet. Oh, that's what we're doing. I don't like this game at all. 
So none of all of your options, you want the guy to have money? You can't have money. It's not it's, about money so much. Kind of sounds like it is. I think I think what it's about is just something I would I would be good at doing on a daily basis. You know, like, what else do you think you'd be good at? Well, the school thing would require me being up early. I don't do well with that. No, the biker I have to fight again. We've established that I'm not the toughest cat you're going to meet. What if you were the fun biker guy? Oh, I was just there for like the entertainment. I was a slapstick guy. I was a warm-up act. <laughs> All right, hey, everybody, uh, look, the Diablos are going to be here soon, and they are pissed. But until then, um, let's tell... How many Diablos does it take to change a spark plug? <laughs> Boom. I wish I had a, I wish I had an answer to that. That was like a great, funny... But see, obviously, I'd be a lousy one of those. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know what I could be? I think I'd be a, I think I could be a kick-ass butcher. Get me a smock. Just, now we're talking. Huh? See the lights going on. Yeah, here. I think I could be. I think I think that I'd be back there, and I'd really I'd tell people the pork chops today. Not, the marbling's not great, but let me tell you what I got some lovely lamb. You're going to enjoy. I don't I, like lamb. Well, then you know what? Then that's we're gonna we're gonna pass on that. How about a bone in? No, but see that's where as a good butcher you'd say here's what you, now he goes you're preparing it wrong. Ah, there you go. No, no, no I'm going to give you a couple cuts of lamb. And get a, I'm going to tell you how to prepare it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to broil it. You're going to make gonna some gonna gyros. Blow, it's going to blow your mind. Yep. And we're going to give you this gyro, this gyro sauce. You're going to slap it in a pita and bang. I just saw a picture of A-Rod again. He's at J-Lo this whole week. How did he, be, how did he, how did he have this redemptive act where he's become, he's become turnaround? America's, he's become America's like, you know how? Cause he's standing next to J-Lo. Yeah. But I think it was turning around before. I think his Fox baseball hits were so good. That it happened. This would be like Lance Armstrong all of a sudden people mm. were going. Is, mm. I don't think he ever got to the Lance level. Yeah, he just lied about stuff. Lance, a lot. Lance called doctors like drunk sluts, yeah, which yeah. was aggressive. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a one-two punch there that A-Rod never threw. He didn't, he just slapped at the ball and lied. To Katie Curry. No, I, he just sat there with a nice sweater and said, I couldn't be honest with myself. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I just... Judge me on what I do next. Can we double check that Lance Armstrong thing, Saruti? Because I'm pretty sure that's what happened in the book. He judge me on what I do next, unless it's lie about the same stuff again. And then don't judge me. Just wait until I start wearing turtlenecks again and walk around with J-Lo. And then love me. Yeah, it's working out. It's Sunday Night Baseball, part of the broadcast. How about it? Welcome you, to the team. Do you think you would ever... What's the next job that you could have here? Here? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's not really... The we don't have enough golf. We don't have enough golf. There's not really much more that you could do here. You've kind of peaked. I know. That's and that's that's a scary thing because it's like there's only at some point you think you ask yourself reasonably when's the best that it'll be and then when do you begin the inevitable slide where you just start showing up to work like half in the tank didn't watch the Super Bowl <laughs> who won ah whatever I feel like the Eagles just wanted it more right Steve Yeah let's go to let's go to I'm kidding about the peak thing I'm just saying no like, I know could, I, but because well, you not. have an awesome awesome gig like there are gigs here where you go. That is the gig that you want, and you would go, if I ever got that gig, I'm good, and you have it. Sure, right, but still, you know me, always got to have a plan for what's next, and so that's that's going to be senior tour golf. Um, I've, I've been jealous of that plan forever, but I still think weather guys, better call for you. Yeah, podcast with you, I think, seems like, because I'm having a blast right now. I don't know about you, but I'm having, I a, love good, it. I'm having a good time. So Rudy doing research on that Armstrong quote? He can't find he, it. I think he was trying to find. I can't find it. All right, but you know what? At least you'd said you can't find it, and that's why I've always liked Saruti, because there'd be other producers that would just give me a thumbs up behind the glass and be like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Nailed it. Lance Armstrong said something really mean about one of the female doctors. Yeah, it wasn't great. So, you know, look, we're not trying to drag this whole thing out, but it's just... um, What else is there? I did want to bring up something you said, though, on the Brady uh, Super Bowls, because that that happens a lot, okay? And it it's like the thing that I've always... My theory about every human being, 
there's two versions of all of us. Okay. Do you want the good version? You want the bad version? Because if somebody who knows me really well and likes me will go, no, 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 here, you know, here's, here's the good version. And if there's somebody who just hates me. They'd be like, no, no, this, 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 and this. And then both sides would be rather convincing. Like, I'm okay with that. I, I've accepted it because I know there's all these people that I know that I'm friends with, uh, that there's maybe some things about them that I don't like, but I know the good version. And if I were to explain them to somebody else, I'd be like, well, here's what you're getting with this guy. It's the same thing with a lot of these all-time guys. And when somebody says about Brady, well, you know, he could be one and seven. You go, I think actually him being five and three is perfect because – they could have lost the first one against the Rams, and if they went to overtime, they were going to lose that game. Okay, the Rams have started figuring some things out. The Carolina one is a total coin toss. I'm so glad you gave him at least the one instead of the 0-8 crap that I hear because the Eagles one never felt like it was in doubt the first time through. The Giants one where they're 18-0, Asani Samuel has a pick in his hand, and then the David Tyree, and they lose that one. The next Giants one, Welker drop or the Manningham catch, could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Seattle... The weird thing about that one is New England felt like they should have won it after coming back, and then they get the ridiculous completion to curse down the right side. It was curse, right? Um, I think so. For Seattle, and then you're going, oh, my God, they're going to lose this game? Like, they just came back and won it, and then the ridiculous one with Atlanta. So 5-3 and three feels kind of right, and that's why the Jordan stuff drives me nuts because I feel like people would rather Brady be 5-0 and oh than 5-3. and three. And I understand how math works. I understand percentages. But to me, 5-3 and three is more impressive than if Brady were 5-0. and oh. I really believe that, especially when you think about how close these games were. And it reminds me a lot of, and it's fitting, of Alabama. Because Alabama could have two more, three more maybe. I mean, the Clemson game two years ago, mm-hmm. they absolutely could have had that one if they don't give up a length of the field drive. Um, the kick six year against Auburn. They're going back in. I think they could have beaten, in a way, I felt like they should have beaten Ohio State in that semifinal game before the Oregon-Ohio State National Championship. Well, they had a big lead in the first half. Yeah, and then Sims throws two picks at the end. Like, that thing's, you know, I'm not asking everybody to remember everything because it's just not the way we work. Like, oh, hey, remember the semifinal, though, and how close Alabama was? Uh, And Alabama very well could have lost this one to Georgia. They could have lost the first one to Clemson with the onside kick. So Bama and Saban to have the record that he has kind of makes sense. Better than 500. They're in it every single year. Nobody's going to be perfect all the way through. So I think that those two things align perfectly because do whatever you want with Brady, but the dude's still five and three. And in the grand scheme of things, was six and two going to change any way you think about this dude? But I, I don't. I take issue with none of what you said. I just want to know who, who do, who. Not that you're arguing, Jordan but, guys. But yeah, it's the only argument I need, Sean. So that was from a movie. Mm. I just I don't know that. Getting there more often, like he didn't, he didn't have a, a, Brady didn't have a break in the middle where he just left for a while. Um, and by the way, he, I mean, think about what Brady did last night and lost. He threw for 500 yards <clears throat> plus, and and there, one play was made on defense the entire game, and it won Philadelphia the game. I mean, he gets hit in a pocket, and and they get the football. I I I just don't know who is the person that would be obtuse enough to try to turn losing the games the way they've lost them when they've lost him into some sort of an indictment. I don't think we're yelling at one guy here either. I think there's a lot of people that feel this way. Well, I would argue with every single one of them and say, I'm old enough to remember Montana, and Montana didn't lose when he got there. And, you know, yes, against Cincinnati once, he came out and had to go the length of the field, and bing, bang, boom, they scored a touchdown and a slant to Taylor, and they won it, and that's legendary stuff. Sure. I mean, Montana's great. He never lost. In the how, did that cl- how did that call go? Bing, bing bang, boom. No, the throw from Montana. 
I don't know. What are we going for? I don't know if Summerall even did that game, but that was the one that used to always happen on, on the video game. What they say? Montana, Rice, touchdown. And then you would do what? Coming up on House of Buggin'. <laughs> Murder, she wrote. House of Buggin' was just way better. House of Buggin' is the House best. House of Buggin'. That Summerall had to say that. That was fun. Like all game. House of Buggin'. See, that's what we're going to get you on is play-by-play. I want you to be old and crazy and if I was ever going to do it, I'd have done it by now. And and I, I'd you be, could do it. You I, could just make a call. I right get distracted now. too easily for me to be paying attention. And am, am I the only one? I, I they should have let us do a play by play of the Super Bowl. We'd have been awesome at it. Yesterday? Spanish broadcast, yeah. And with Garay, did the game end yesterday? And and Michael's call was the the game is over. Like I I couldn't figure it out because Michael's is great. One oh, of the dude. one of the all timers. And the and I like it was the last play of the game. Of the Super Bowl, and it's a hail mary that Brady's throwing to end one of the most ridiculous games we've ever seen. And if it if it's not caught, it means Philadelphia's won a Super Bowl. And the call was like, the game is over. I just I was so confused at what happened at the end by one of the greatest to ever do it. So I want to make that clear as I can possibly. If make they it. ever say you can't, you can. I see what you did there, Nance. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have. He clearly didn't have one in his back pocket ready to go with, but. Uh, I know. Guys do that. Tariko, can you imagine the level that Tariko's brain works at when he goes, okay, I got this big event, and if it goes this way, I got to have this ready, and if it goes that way, I got to be this. That's that's incredible. And whenever possible, sprinkle in a Prince tweets to you from September 1st of 2012. Atmosphere. Damn it. I stopped looking. Atmosphere. Oh, man. Is the guy Little Sweet from the Dr. Pepper modeled after Prince? Yeah, I would Sweet! <laughs> I love Little Sweet. You do? That dude's great. He's just a little guy with a, like a cowboy hat on. And he's ready to go. <laughs> Sweet! <laughs> Secrets. Capture the psychic butterfly using a net made of emotions. Nice. I can't read some of these other ones. I know. I, did, I forgot he got, I forgot that. Mm. Man, see, some of these are timely. There's a James Franco one. I don't even feel comfortable reading that. Mm. So, bathing in sensuous lavender. Give me the gold medal and sexy. I like to try on outfits. That was actually Kevin Harlan that wrote that. Give me the gold medal and sexy. Right between the eyes. How about your heat now, Miami? I don't even know what's happening. That's a different guy. Uh, Yeah, I think we ran out of steam. What's up, Saruti? Uh, I looked up Michaels and his call on Twitter. I couldn't find video, but everybody was mad at him. So I think you're onto something. All right, but everybody being mad. I've uh, my new polling data back at my place. Everyone's mad about everything. They're mad at they're mad at Timberlake. It was was like oh, way to like not show any emotion for the final call. Like the Eagles just won the Super Bowl. I was I was I thought it was. You know what sucks? Here we go. Is the who did this thing? You guys suck. Every one of you that, that do this, you steal somebody else's creative deal, and then you tweet out who did this, and you know who did it, the person you stole it from. And it's so like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna seriously send the manuscript to War and Peace to a publisher, and then just put a post-it on the front that says, who did this? Mm. And then we're like, hey, this is, this is really great. Like I saw people that we work with stealing memes from other people and just, and I know all you meme guys, like you guys are just, it is like the purge two. I think it was 80 minutes that movie. I think, I think whenever you direct a movie and it's 80 minutes, you go, 
Did we did we screw this up? Are we light? Are we missing the third act? <laughs> the third act after there's the a, arc? There's a good chance Human Centipede is about 80 minutes. Human Centipede should be well. How that's long? Okay. Are, how long are the things you're working on? Like, what do we work? Like, what do we look in runtime? TRT total runtime. Uh, you know, our drama. So, buffered out. How many pages is that? Um, I'm like over 50. You know, it should be about 50, 60. Something like that. I mean, no, immediately as soon as I say that, somebody's going to tweet like, oh, you do your 78 pages. Who did this? Tell them the f*** off. Oh, man, we got another swear in. Market, market eight, dude. 48 minutes. Whatever. Do you have anything else? I'm I'm good. I love how much you love this. This? Yeah. It's the most fun. I, I wanted, this is, this is what we're going to do. Me and you. We're going to ride off into the sunset. So just turn down any offer. I no, get no, no, no. You shouldn't. I'm, I'm thinking. All I'm just thinking about me, selfishly. Oh, right okay. Because right, right. you're, dude, you were number, you were top ten, number nine. Indeed, <laughs> you don't even have a show. And when we were together, we were eighty. So again, I'm just all I'm trying to do is just get like, just uh, like old Daryl Parsons. I'm just trying to get in that draft, right, right, right off your right wheel. You know what we'll do next podcast is we'll have we'll just NASCAR. Re- no, we'll take Rogan's most recent podcast and run it. And at the beginning of the podcast, I'll say who, who did this? Who did this? And then we'll just run Rogan's interview. Also, Funyuns. I like Funyuns. Funyuns are good. You get bad breath with Funyuns, but it's all right. Just get get some Funyuns and get some of the pizza combos. You're going to be by yourself. Funyuns are an option, but with the pretzels. I want the pretzel uh, pizza combos. You're going to see somebody if you're on a plane or something. Funyuns are, you know, you might as well just wipe egg salad on your forehead. (laughs) (laughs) The future of LeBron, why they should tank this season. Whoa! I don't get to do that? Do you want to? They stink. They aren't good. You <laughs> want to do it? Y'all, y'all throw you my LeBron theory. Screw it. If you want to stay, I don't care. I People... got to write a show. No, you don't. You have APs. <laughs> People think that. What time do you get? A kid asked me this in Minneapolis. Like, what do you show up at like 1030? I'm like, yep, that's it. I just, yeah, just go out, have a long dinner, four martinis, show up at 1030, slap some powder on, sit down and fire off the show for america see that's what i used to love about meeting somebody when they would ask about the radio show they go you have producers that write out all your stuff yep and be like yeah yeah absolutely yeah ray writes out three hours of takes and then i would sit next to scott and go i could see the patriots (laughs) regretting the jimmy garoppolo trade scott why would how come the syllables would be so clearly enunciated because i'd be because as if a producer would write out all of this stuff for a radio show it's like they don't get it yeah and like we'd listen to Ray. That, I was going to say, forget the writing out part. Like the, Oh, you know what? After he lost the Super Bowl last night. Should, oh. should, although, you know, my little brother's like, this sucks. I go, you need to relax. You know, you're 17 and your, your team makes it to the Super Bowl every other year. Yeah, some perspective. All right. All right. Have uh, a, do a good LeBron uh, take. A good, 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 no, seg- good segment coming. It's uh, it's yeah, it's really good LeBron stuff. And maybe we'll time this out next time before I actually move. Move. I know it's starting to get weird because some of the neighbors are like, I "Thought you were moving." It's like you had all this stuff cooking. Um, you know, look, you know how it works. Escrow closing. Yeah, just make sure you get like first and last. You're gonna get that back or what? Oh, you're a homeowner now. I'm a homeowner. Yeah, different deal. Yeah, the security deposits me. Yeah, my, my, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm you, renting though. What do you got? Uh, so we had somebody check out the place, and I have a little loft area. I have a nice little cathedral ceiling deal at my place now, and somebody really liked it. And the realtor called and goes, one, one small request. And I was like, what, I have to stay there and share takes with the husband? No. Um, they go, we'd like to build like a plexiglass from the top of the loft wall to the ceiling and have it professionally installed so plexiglass runs throughout the loft area that oversees the living room. 
just for safety precautions for the two kids. I go, so you want to build an aquarium in my house? What kids? For humans. I'm going to let, my place is pretty kid friendly. I kept all of the, uh, just in case I was going to start having kids, I kept when I bought the house five years ago, I kept all the safety plugs in the electrical outlets. That's just, and I figured if I met girls, they go, oh, wait, this guy's on it. He's already got child safe electrical outlets. Because that's one of the first things they look at when they come back to a guy's place is what kind of outlet protection does he have? Yeah, they either go through your phone or they check out your electrical outlets. Probably the phone. That's, that's a whole different level of safety. <laughs> LeBron next. Okay, we have part two of the Rosillo podcast here, Monday Super Bowl edition, but also a little LeBron edition. And yes, I'll admit that I could probably do the LeBron thing every single time I tape a podcast. Uh, it's that dramatic. It's that important of a story for NBA fans. So I'm just going to keep doing it as long as I think the information is good. If I have nothing new to offer you, then I won't do it. Or a couple days in front of the trade deadline, okay? So, Saruti, feel free to jump in and challenge me or ask any of these questions. But I've made calls, I've talked to people, and no one has presented this theory to me. But I'm starting to think, and this is probably impossible, so I'll start there. So I don't want to turn this into the Chris Haynes thing where it's like, hey, he's going to meet with the Warriors, and it's probably not going to happen. And then Chris Haynes goes on and says, oh, it's not going to happen anyway. But it was a fun couple days, right? I don't think LeBron would agree to this, but I think the best scenario for the Cavs right now would be to give up on this season. And what I mean by that is I would trade Isaiah Thomas. I would trade Channing Fry. Maybe I move Corver to somebody else. I would start moving my pieces looking to bring in younger assets, which I know is very complicated, and maybe some more picks. I would want to arm myself with the most ammunition to go after you know big game hunting this summer instead of worrying about trying to fix this roster in a couple days before the deadline. Because I don't think that trade is out there. I think you'd only be making some sort of temporary deal here. You put, you know, just absolutely just putting a patch on something that needs to be completely repaired. They are terrible defensively. Last year we were worried about their defense all the time. They were 22nd in defensive, uh, defensive efficiency. The year they won the title, they were 10th in defensive efficiency. 22nd last year. We spent all this time worrying about it. They're 28th and even worse this year. And they're a, a sliver away from being the worst defensive team in the NBA. It's Phoenix and Sacramento down there with them. That's embarrassing for a team that has a bunch of veterans. I know that Ty Lue's trying to figure this whole thing out, but as Ty Lue was exposed, I think, a little bit in that series against Golden State, there's just some defensive stuff that he's really stubborn with. You know, it's it's tough comparing anyone to Brad Stevens, but one of the things Brad Stevens does, and I believe this is possible with any team defensively, you don't have to be a great defensive player individually to be a still, you know, still be a contributing defensive player to a team. Good coaches find ways to get everybody on the same page, to learn how to help, and you hide a guy. And they're not hiding Isaiah Thomas. They're letting Isaiah Thomas just, they're sacrificing him to the, the, the opposition. And it's embarrassing. Whether it's who they assign him to, whether it's how terrible they are at recognizing how bad he is on the screens, learning that, you know, there's certain things against, I'm not saying against Chris Paul, because Chris Paul was just a maestro against them this weekend and he was embarrassing them. Like, hey, this is, this is easy. It's an NBA Saturday night game against the Cavs and I'm not even sweating out here. But Lou doesn't do that. He doesn't do that with these guys. And I actually think Isaiah Thomas should be coming off the bench. If you looked at it going into last weekend, 
Isaiah Thomas's PER, I think, was 12, 15 is average. He had the lowest PER of any player that I think was in the top 50 of usage. So that's the thing is Isaiah is still thinking he's Isaiah Thomas. He's worried about that next contract. There's even rumblings that he's trying to like buddy buddy up with ownership here. And I don't really blame him for doing that because if LeBron does bounce, then Isaiah is going to be thinking, okay, cool. I can be your superstar and I can make all this max money. This is somebody that was tweeting about the Brinks truck while he was still with the Celtics. So he's thinking, I've been paying what? Playing it, I don't want to call him an MVP level, but it was a flyer mention for Isaiah as an MVP candidate last season. And he's thinking, I'm, I'm the guy that's going to be making that $29 million contract a year. I don't think the market is out there for him. He hasn't played for it. So every time he's out there putting up shots that aren't going in, getting crushed on defense, he feels like he's losing money out of a checking account that wasn't even there already, although mentally it was in that account. So that's another thing you're dealing with here. I don't know what you get for Isaiah, but... I would seriously start looking if he's a free agent and I don't want to resign him because I wouldn't resign him. I'm sorry. I just wouldn't. And I think the Celtics were thrilled to be able to move on from him so they could avoid the whole thing. Although the Celtics were going to play that Isaiah deal is they were going to let him go to market and go, okay, if you think you're getting that kind of money, go out there and get it and then come back to us. And as you're starting to see more and more people, as we pointed out years ago, all of these contracts, now there's a massive crunch and we're overloaded with terrible contracts that everybody just told me every time they were signed, oh, who cares? The cap goes up. So I can't sit here and tell you that there's this great market for Channing Fry or Isaiah Thomas. I'm sure somebody would trade you something for Jay Crowder because Crowder's contract is incredible at seven million this year and seven million plus next year, not even non it's still a non guarantee, but you keep Jay Crowder for that. Crowder hasn't figured it out. JR has been a mess. Isaiah has been a mess. They're a mess defensively. I would say to LeBron, here's the deal. We know that you're never going to tell us that you're staying. That's just not how you do business. And I know this firsthand that LeBron will not tell those guys, yep, I'm in it for the long haul. And that may have, and Winhorst alluded to this in his piece this weekend, that may have actually been something that LeBron is long-term thought, hey, the best thing is keep him guessing, never let him be content, never concede anything, always make sure they are all in every moment of it. And even though that worked two years ago, it's likely hurting LeBron now. Because if everything is true from what I've heard and what Winhorst alludes to in his piece is that if the Cavs had a deal in place to bring in Bledsoe and to bring in Paul George, and I think this is where some of that Kyrie stuff gets into this, is if that was the deal and they thought Paul George was a better matchup guy because of how great he is defensively and able to chase Warriors around if they're thinking about another matchup in the finals, and the Cavs were going to do that deal, but we're worried that, hey, we could lose George and LeBron in the same offseason. So LeBron, if we do this deal, will you tell us you're part of this thing long term? And there's a lot of people that believe that's exactly what happened. And again, I keep bringing up Windhorse because I know some of you guys always seem to want to doubt me because I'm not a writer and I'm just a dude on the radio. But I'm not telling you this stuff because I'm making it up. I'm telling you this stuff because I know what did or didn't happen here. And in this case, if LeBron decided, well, make the deal but I'm not giving you any reassurance about my long-term commitment to this. At some point, even though it's in your business DNA to, to just make sure people you know, aren't getting lazy, you do have to be part of the team. And you have to be like, I'm in, make this move. Like, I'm in if you're in. Okay, we're all in, all in, right? All these teams that are putting it up going all in, five fingers, one fist, all that crap. Well, if he told them, I'm not giving you any reassurances, and then Dan Gilbert says, well, screw it, then I'm not doing this deal, then whose fault is that? And that's the problem, is that when LeBron got back together with Cleveland, there's still the animosity towards Gilbert. 
And Gilbert is probably at a point where he's going, so this dude's going to call all these shots, and in the current state of affairs, the way this thing looks right now, like it's this bad, and we could have been better, and he's going to be mad at us because we're not good enough when we could have been better if he just had said, I'm in. That's ridiculous. Now, I've also heard a lot of the stuff about LeBron's, the, the GM, LeBron the GM's killed LeBron the player. Was anyone mad about Tristan uh, Tristan Thompson's contract when no one could box him out from the Golden State Warriors two years ago when they came back down 3-1 and won the title? The answer is no. Was anyone mad about J.R. Smith's deal when he was shirts off J.R. and he was fun and he was hitting all the shots because they were winning? No. Was anyone mad when they brought in Channing Frye and he was this huge guy in the pick and pop that could hit all these shots because it was shooting, shooting, shooting. You need to add shooting to keep up with the Warriors. The answer with his contract, whatever. People weren't mad about it until you realize, you know what, we can't even play this guy in the playoffs because he can't defend anybody. He's an outdated player. Was anyone mad when they knew what the salary restrictions that they had when they brought back Kyle Korver? You're going, no way. This is extra shooting. So. The Tristan deal is bad now. The JR deal is bad now. Fry is this guy that you can't play all the time. Corver is somebody defensively that's a liability. The Thomas deal, I can understand LeBron being pissed about that one because he's saying, wait, we got the pick, great, and Crowder, who hasn't been as good as he should be because I thought he was terrific with Boston when he was there. We, we could have backed out of the Isaiah deal with his hip, but is the hip injury the reason Isaiah looks like this right now or are there other things going on? So I think you can be... You can be critical of it, but you also have to check yourself a little bit because nobody was complaining about Tristan when the finals were happening. Okay, Nobody was. Everybody loved JR again. So you can't love them in 2016 and then hate that they're all there now in 2018 and be mad at LeBron about the whole deal. Okay, Because I don't think that's entirely fair. They're all culpable in this thing. So what I'd say to LeBron is, we're going to use the pieces we have now to bring up any asset we can before Thursday. I'm not promising that any of these moves make us better and give us a better chance to win the finals. But if we get to the finals and, you know, you always have to worry about the risk of if one of the Warriors were to go down, you know, that whole thing, give us a chance, give us a shot at getting into this whole thing. So even as I say this, I understand all the counter arguments to it, but it might be the best thing in Cleveland's interest to go gather whatever assets we can that help us stockpile them this summer and we use the Nets pick in a trade, we use love in a trade, we use whatever else we can in a trade, and try to go grab two more guys that are a little bit younger, a little bit more versatile, and they're pumped to be with LeBron. Or the next mad superstar, which it's going to happen, we are armed to have that guy say, okay, you have enough assets, and I want to now go play with LeBron James. Because it will happen again. The Cavs were hoping that the Paul George thing would be a disaster. It isn't. And Presti, I'm assuming here, even if he thinks it's a 50-50 shot that George is staying, he feels like it's worth the reward. The risk here is worth the reward to keep George and hope they have any kind of success in the playoffs, which I'm still not sure that it would be enough that said, yeah, all right, we're, we're heading on the championship direction here. But Presti, I think, is going to take that gamble. So George is out. Cousins is out because of the injury now. Those are the guys that they wanted. So I know, as I've said this for weeks, there are just more and more people saying now it doesn't seem likely that that deal will present itself that makes it worth it for the Cavs to move that pick. Because as much as LeBron is about the now, he's going to be way more pissed off at the Cavs if it's a bad bad trade and that pick ends up being good. That pick will be a more valuable chip this summer. And I would say to LeBron, we're going to do these things. We obviously will do anything for you here, but
but it may be in everybody's best interest, even if we bowed out a little early in the playoffs and you're not at an eighth straight finals here and you get more rest than you've ever gotten before in the offseason. And if that happens, that may make you stronger moving forward. I know it will probably never happen, but that would be something I would at least try to convey to him. And, you know, in the aftermath of that Warriors thing, that thing was a joke. It did not come from the Warriors. Okay. It did not come from the Warriors. So, you know, that thing really bummed a lot of people out around the league. They're like, what are they doing in Cleveland? Like, what is going on? And there were people around the league that I talked to too. I don't know if you remember when the Cavs lost to the Spurs and Popovich was talking about LeBron scoring all the points and Popovich was like, just. It was almost like a Tinder profile, and guys around the league were like, well, you know what that's about. That's that's early recruiting right there. Praise, 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 and who doesn't love praise? So I know what I just proposed is unrealistic, but I don't actually think it's crazy. Who? The, my only issue is, like, what happens when they strike out in the offseason? Like, what do they do with these assets if no Somebody would trade something for that available. pick. Yeah, I, I still think somebody would trade something for that pick. I mean, I know everybody hates Kevin Love now, but I mean, somebody, I would think with that pick, if it's, what if it's the number one pick? What if it's the number one pick? And what if it's Kevin Love that's available and Jay Crowder at seven million as what used to be a two way player? I think those three pieces, you could move them around, you know, three team deal here and, and do some stuff. But who, who's even remotely available? Like who would be a guy? Like Lillard? Yeah, and the Lillard thing is weird because I, I wonder at times if Portland, even if they get blasted in the first round again and they say, okay, who are we with Lillard and McCollum? We have two great guards here. We have one of the best backcourts in the NBA, but do we split it up to try to bring in another piece or two pieces? I mean, that's not really the way Portland operates. I mean, Paul George was offered up for one of those two guards, and Portland didn't want it. I mean, Paul George was offered for Clay Thompson. The Warriors are like, no. You know? And they're right to do that. I, they're absolutely I'd right. I'd rather stay. If, if, well, well, the whole the idea that Warriors are going to do anything here, like the Knicks, hey, which center do you want from the Knicks? Like, Warriors don't play centers now most of the time. Why the hell do we want one of the Knicks guys that they don't play? Um, you're, you're right. I'm sorry I interrupted. But, like, the idea that the Warriors would do anything here to, like, tweak what is perfect. Like, well, that was the dumb thing about the, the LeBron story is why do they – they don't need LeBron to win anyway, so – we might as well just beat him on your way there. You're going to do it every year. Yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, everybody wants LeBron. But if you are one of the most perfect basketball things I've ever seen, why would you try something else? Why would you maybe lose two of those pieces to add LeBron? So, you know, to to recap it all here, I don't love when everybody crushes LeBron for saying, oh, he wanted all these guys and he got them all this money because nobody was complaining about those things when it happened, when it worked. And now that it's not working and Tristan goes in and out and he obviously has some injury stuff here or there, and even though the Kevin Love thing never really feels like it's fit as well as we wanted to, although there have been times this year where I thought offensively, like, okay, cool, like we're seeing a more aggressive guy. Um, the Isaiah stuff I can't stand watching. I just can't. I think it's, I think it's an ego thing. You know, big time with him. I, I think he sees a, a guy in the mirror that may not be the player. But then again, who am I to say that when he did what he did last year with Boston? Because I didn't think he was ever going to be the guy who was with Boston two years ago. So, 
Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that thing. And I don't, again, I don't know really what the market would be for Isaiah Thomas because every team would be going, all right, cool. So now we got to deal with this dude who thinks he's getting like a max deal. And teams aren't lining up to go ahead and do that. And the money's scarcer now. But if I'm just presenting the three pieces of love, Crowder, and maybe the number one pick, why not, why not be ready to arm yourself? Because the next superstar will probably get mad this summer. And he'll want out. And sometimes it's completely unpredictable, just like it was with Kyrie. You know? I ho- Listen, I hope it happens, because I I think you're right. I think if, if LeBron takes kind of a year off, doesn't make the finals, like, that's good for him. Like, there's no, what's, what's the point in, in playing hard the rest of this year? They have, they have no shot. I mean, I think they can get I, I think they still can get think they can get out the of the East, yeah. Yeah, I think they could, but... That's the other thing, too, that bothers me, and it's kind of like it, it lines up with the Pats thing, where... You go, oh, you know, this Patriots thing is over. Hey, tell me it's over when they're six and ten. Okay. Tell me they're a failure at seven and nine. Don't tell me they're a, a failure and, and it's over. I mean, unless Belichick does retire and coaches Navy. Um, Brady's not going. So Brady's going to play at 45 or he's going to retire. Like, what the hell? Make up your minds. So don't tell me something's a failure when it's a play away from winning another Super Bowl and the Cavs, it, it's pass fail. And pass is a championship, and everything else is a fail, which I get that those are the stakes that they're playing at, but it's it's not accurate. I mean, they're still going to be they're the three seed, I think, this morning when I looked at it. Let me ask you this question, too, because I'm just thinking about the trade you, you said that could have happened between Paul George and Bledsoe. Yeah. If you're the Cavs, that's a better trade than what you got back. You're probably, I mean, you're rebuilding anyway if LeBron leaves. I couldn't lock in the Kyrie part of that. So I don't want to be unfair, but I don't know how else it was going to work with the money. Like you weren't adding Bledsoe, George, and keeping everybody. Yes, yeah, so you're unless... getting rid of Kyrie, you're getting rid of Love, and you're bringing in George, and you're bringing in Bledsoe. Yeah. Man. It all depends on what Kyrie's mindset was at the time. Because I think you still wanted Kyrie. And see, and you know this too, but when the Kyrie trade happened, I had heard days prior that it wasn't going to happen and that the hope was that they would just take another shot at it with Kyrie. Winning solves everything. Kyrie could take on more of the offensive load and they'd take another run at this thing. You know, the Cavs' argument is that, hey, we were really close. Like, if we won game three and the way game four, I've always resisted that because I think if you won game three, then you have a different Golden State in four. These things are connected in series. Like you can't you can't just give yourself a win and then include the win after. Like, watch, I mean, all you have to do is watch these games and go, when you're down 2-0, you are going to play differently than the team that is up 2-0. It's just the way it works. You can't trick yourself into being down 0-2. And... Cavaliers folks would would argue with me. They would say, no, you know, this, you know, a bucket away from being 2 2. So if they had gone back at it with Kyrie, a tweak here, and maybe if Kyrie was still there, and, you know, I don't know what they would have done. Obviously, the pieces that they have now wouldn't all be there. So I can't, I can't imagine Kyrie on the team and then also have Jay Crowder be a piece. But it was just something I was thinking about because I read about it all weekend and, and Bobby Marks did a big thing and I, I should have spent more time on that and talking about what kind of assets they have and all that kind of stuff because he's been really good for ESPN.com. I encourage you all to go check that out. But 
I was like, imagine if you could go to him. But the problem is, the, the, the thing is, is this, I'm explaining to you the park and the amusement park and, and all the rides, and it's closed. Because LeBron isn't going to say in February, okay, you know what? I'm in. Trade some of these pieces we have now, stockpile stuff for this summer, and I'll re-sign this summer. He is not going to do business that way. And it has helped him right up until it seems like it's hurt him. Yeah, it's like his relationship with Gilbert. He keeps holding it over Gilbert's head. And he does. That's not. That's you can't be. It's not. You can't have a successful relationship when that's when that's what's going on. What because if you were Gilbert? If I was Gilbert, I'd be like, leave. I don't care. You're then you think about what you just said. I I, I got my title, <laughs> right? And you're leaving me. I and I've and I we've been in the luxury tax every single year. I do everything that you ask, and you're leaving me. How am I the bad guy in this situation? Okay, so we take it a step further. Update on is LeBron staying or leaving? Nobody thinks he's staying. Nobody. And when I present the arguments I presented numerous times when I was still doing the show and the first few podcasts that we've had, I go, okay, you got to tell me where he's going. And they go, I don't care. <laughs> you know, the rebuttal will be, I don't care, he's gone. He's gone. They'll find a way. They'll just they'll maneuver this thing around. They'll move the pieces. Chris Paul, when they beat him on Saturday night, starts doing the whole, hey, you know, don't forget who you have over there, and you never know. Like, Chris Paul was basically foreshadowing LeBron leaving, and, you know, I get a couple of texts from guys being like, oh, you still think he's staying? Moron, you know? And I go, no, it doesn't. Like, if I, yeah, Everybody I talk to, if everybody's telling me he's leaving, he's leaving, it doesn't feel great to sit here and go, hey, I think he's going to stay. But there are just conversations that, that I've had where – I feel like there's there's still hope of of overhauling this thing this summer. And if there was no hope, then I'd be like, okay, he's out of there. You know? But no, it can, we, you it, could always just sign like a one year deal though or something and and push the decision another year. He totally could. And he, he very well may do that. But you know, the Clippers thing is out. That was out quick. Uh the Lakers thing, they got a lot of work to do. And I think I already said this before. When you pay attention to the Lakers and the way they talk about free agents, now again, it could be because they got dinged up on the tampering thing with George because of what going on Kimmel, um, you know. But and everybody's gonna say Houston, maybe the Sixers. If I had to handicap a second place team, oh, the Spurs. No, the Spurs are worth mentioning, and the Popovich thing is hilarious because of how much it annoyed other people around the league. <laughs> so you get. You get Aldridge. You get. Would they be able to just sign him straight up? They'd have to make a trade. Ah, uh, no, they're gonna make a trade out of there. I so mean, they'd probably Tony... lose Aldridge then. But imagine. Yeah, I, I don't have their sheet in front of me, but I'm not sure that team's that. I mean, him and Keen Kawhi. That's that's pretty cool. But I don't know if that's better than the Rockets or you know I don't know. Yeah, but you still got to figure out where the hell Kawhi's head's at too. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'd imagine if LeBron's coming, like he's. I imagine... Yeah, I mean these guys will yeah. work this yeah. stuff out. I mean, if Barkley comes on with us a couple weeks ago and says in '94. You know, the Rockets are tampering. And he didn't even feel like they're tampering. He's like, hey, Charles, it's the Rockets. We want to do this trade. Are you going to play for us? He's like, what are you talking about? Go back and check out episode two. It is it is amazing that no one in the East has gotten their bleep together in all of these years to just be attractive enough to Le- for LeBron other than, like, the Celtics, and he's not going to go there. No, no. He wasn't going to, you know. There's nowhere Celtics else. Celtics fans get mad at me. I'm like, dude, the guy isn't playing in Boston, okay? A lot of people don't like Boston. Good. I, don't, I wouldn't want him to either. 
Uh, well, he's definitely not playing there now with Kyrie. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's, it, it's it was like I said before, it was zero percent chance. It's less now that Kyrie's there. <laughs> uh you know, there's no one. I mean, we can do this whole thing again if we want to, but maybe you know, maybe the way this league works, something weird presents itself where all, and I mean, the players they get on the phone with each other and say, okay, let's start dictating the terms here. They've done it before. And they go, let's team up somewhere else. But nobody thinks he's staying. And so when I present my side of it, I am, I am ridiculed. Last note for me, that's why I'm <laughs> sort of surprised that nobody has done a heat thing where they just clear the decks. Like no one has been able to just be like, hey, in twenty, the summer of 2018, we're going to have no money on our books so we can do this again. That's the only, and if I was an East team, I would, that's what I would have been trying to do for the last two years. Yeah, but you got to have somebody there. You know, Wade was still there. Peak Wade. So, you know, as I keep doing I spent way too much time on this thing. I mean, how do you think, when I explain to you him staying, do you think I sound crazy? No, because I don't know where. You know, Philly, Rockets, I think, would I would handicap I second. I couldn't see him in Philly. You got Embiid, who's a total wild card. I know he's... Everybody likes him. But yeah, like, who awesome. knows how that goes? Simmons needs the ball. Bolts are. You, I mean, I, yeah, oh, who, who knows what you have with that? It's a. It's a. And you get JJ Redick. Maybe if you re-sign him, I don't know. I'm not sure. You're right. Maybe if in the East, you know, if I had to pick a team, maybe it's there. But like Houston, three ball, three prominent ball handlers. I don't know how that works, but I I wouldn't put it past him to just try it. And then San Antonio. Which I don't think would happen. How is this? How are we here? How are we here where there's no destination for the best player in the league? Because it's complicated. It's more complicated than that. I don't think he wants to just. He doesn't want to Durant it. Okay. Even though you know what everybody thought LeBron did at the time was the worst thing in the history of sports, but they felt like they were creating something new on the fly. But he still had to deal with the Wade stuff. I mean, I've been over this a ton, so I don't want to be super repetitive on the podcast. Hey, can you tweet out right now uh, some sort of mailbag question? We'll do this live, even though it's not. By the time you well, get, you this. Should, you're going to get more you response so? from yours than mine. You have a few more followers. How have things been going? Tell me about Will. Tell me about working. Things are good. You know, I think um, you know his big thing today was whether or not the Eagles were the new Seahawks, which I think is possible. Oh, like a three, four-year run here? Yeah, where you have a cheap quarterback, you got a really nasty defense, and everybody's sort of locked into place. So I think that's a possibility. Um, he also thinks that you should keep Foles. They shouldn't trade Foles unless they get something ridiculous for him. But I don't know. Foles, has, Foles is just, to me, he's permanent backup guy, right? He just is a backup. And he could play really well, but he's always going to be perceived around the league as a backup. And I don't know how you shake that. I know even if he's a Super, super Bowl MVP, I still look at him as, oh, that's Nick Foles. Like, he's the guy that you know, had that nice year a couple years ago in Philly, and his, his Carson Wentz is backup. So I'm never going to actually believe in him. Would I give up anything for him? I don't know. Yeah, people don't want to compare it to the Flacco thing. Like Flacco was still going to get $20 million a year, even if they lost I early think I'd rather playoffs. have Foles than Flacco right now. Maybe right now, but I'm saying <laughs> but as far then, as yeah. people going, oh, Flacco's just going to, or excuse me, Foles is going to get the same kind of Flacco deal. And you're going, no, well, probably not, though. I mean, Flacco was the Ravens' future, and he was still going. So, yes, did he make a little extra? Sure, but if if you're not if you think he he went from zero to twenty four million a year because he won the Super Bowl, you're not paying attention. There's a minimum wage line here for like real established 
face of the franchise type quarterbacks, and it was about 17 to 20 million. 17 was low, 20 is about average, and Flacco made a few million more than that. So that run helped him, even though that was make believe. Yeah, and if he, if it he wasn't was like who he a, was before it, and it certainly hasn't been who he's been after it. If he was like a decent quarterback, that would be a good deal for Baltimore. The problem is he's just been awful. Yeah, he was terrible. He was terrible. But I'm not excited. If if my team like if my team signed Nick Foles to be their starter, I'm not excited about that. I don't know how you could possibly be excited. Unless you're maybe Jacksonville. I don't know. Uh wait a minute. Borles is awesome now. What are you talking about? He's a starter. That's right. So he'd have to fight for the job. He'd have to be the backup. Um Dwight Howard question. Pass. What's it like? Oh no, I, I like Dwight Howard questions. What is it? What do I think of him? Oh, he's terrible. Next. <laughs> Yeah, but he's put up good numbers this year. Yeah, that team's not that good. Best he's ever been. Best since his Orlando years. What's worse, dating a coworker or your best friend's sister? Coworker. It's weird. Depends on how much you see them, too. If you work directly with them, that'd be weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they were like, I'm, you know. Plenty of dudes date their best friend's sister. I'm not saying go and do it, but it's not like a weird thing. Unless it's like a Jim and Pam from the office situation, which was, it's never that nice, never that clean. Yeah, that office was too small for that. Honestly, I would have been tired of them. Sometimes I feel like I'm at Pam just waiting for my gym. But <laughs> I, I've i watched that show enough in reruns that, you know, when Pam's dad is going to leave her mom and she goes and yells at Jim about it, like the divorce is Jim's fault. Hey, give me the ring back, honey. You can engage you another warehouse guy, all right? Yeah, what was that guy's name? Roy. Roy, that's right. He's the worst actor in the show. Yeah, he was also not a great character. No. Intentionally so. Intentionally so. Yeah, maybe the whole, the whole, I don't know. I forget that this podcast is worldwide, so if Roy's listening. I've, I've loved your other work since. Um, yeah, Pam, Pam bums me out. Like, I kind of liked receptionist Pam, unsure Pam, and then, hey, quit your dream job in Philadelphia. In this startup company, Pam? Uh, no. Maybe that was part of the story. Like, maybe she failed out of art school, and then she says, nah, I'm done. I'm just going to become a salesperson. Like, wh- what was up with that? They, she quits the, on her dreams. Yeah. Kind of they. So then it's like, you have to quit your dreams, too? Depressing. It was Scranton, so. She loved her life in Scranton. You ever been to Scranton? No. You? Yeah. Tell me about Not it. as bad as you think it was. It was. I never thought it was Some bad. Cool brick buildings. Uh, okay, this is good. ESPN draft need three others to go hunting for a week. Who do you take? Not a snake draft. Well, since it's just kind of me, right? Or do you want to do this? Why don't we do this? Never mind. You and I go. I get a hunting cabin. You get a hunting cabin. You get to round it out. Three people from work. You can have the first pick. Well, it's not Van Pelt. Hmm. No, no, he might get us a helicopter in and out, though. Who's into hunting? Who would even be? Do they have to be into hunting, though? It's almost what, like, do you want to golf goal? with like, a buddy, or do you want a good golfer? That's right. So, is it are we? Is it, is it a competition, or is it just the camaraderie of the situation? Yeah, I think I, let's not make it complicated and see who's a good shot, who has the best rifle. Okay, just go. You got to live in this hunting cabin, but you are going to hunt. I'll take Adnan one. Whoa, was yeah. not expecting that. Yep. Okay. Um, I'll actually, I'll take Sanford Steve because, uh, I don't know. He, he steal all the supplies. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
You know what though? He'd be great. There'd be he, rations that weren't equal. No, but I don't, I wouldn't worry about that. I, I wouldn't worry about, <laughs> hey, who took all the potato chips? Uh, I wouldn't worry about that with Stanford Steve. If a bear attacked the cabin, <laughs> yeah. there's a chance he would beat the bear. Um, I just like hanging out with him. It's been a while for me. You know, I spent more time yeah, for six years of my life with, with him than any other human being. And he would be, I've traveled with him enough that he would, he would be good. And if, He'd want to get him out there in a duck blind or something. He'd do that. He'd paint up his face. Yeah, he'd uh, be down for whatever. He'd be down. And yeah. then if we were going to do day but beers. I think Adnan would too. Adnan would do all this stuff and he would just be funny about it. And- I don't know. He would never shut up in a blind though. You're right. He wouldn't. But if he's a tree stand, he'd be like, shut up. <laughs> he'd be telling you about some new Scorsese <laughs> movie. All right. So I have another pick. Uh, hmm. I think he's getting Sarah Marshall's one of the great movies of all time. <laughs> I just did Cowherd instead. Sorry. Shout out to Colin. Um, I take Stugatz too. I think. Ooh, good pick. Because are you sure? Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I think, I think the, that I like my three right now. Us three together in a cabin would be funny. Not a lot of productive, you know. This sounds just on. like a house that you're, yeah, you're renting. Guys. Well, that's what we're, the hunting part is almost irrelevant at this point. I know, but it's still a factor. It's still a factor. But okay, all right. Stugatz all right. would kind of fake his way into being a hunter. Yeah, like he wouldn't even. You'd be like, "Is your gun loaded?" Like. I, 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 I don't have a gun. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought you... These are real? Yeah. I thought you had supplies. I never shot a gun. Oh, my God. You, you kidding me? This gun's real? I don't know. I mean, just tell me where to point. All right. I got to go. Probably shouldn't pick a white guy again. Hmm. Let's see. Zubin. Nope. Maybe take him third. Not close enough with Zubin. I don't know. I like Zubin. Uh, oh, I know I'm going to pick. I know I'm going to pick, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Uh, give me Darren Woodson. I was going to say, we haven't picked like an actual ex-jock yet. Yeah. yeah. That's a good call. He'd probably be good. Darren Woodson, one of my favorite guys here. You got to imagine he's been around some of this stuff being in texas for 20 something years right yeah. although he's a pretty clean dude so if he told me he's never hunted i wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be su- yeah I and then if he said he did i wouldn't be surprised i think i'd be surprised if he had hunted before but he would tell great stories tell great stories stanford steve would tell great stories so now i'm back kind of just a roommate game so i'm 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 I should shut up and not give you a hard time about anything all right next pick all right i need to pick an athlete for my last one I was thinking about booger are you afraid about picking three white guys? Oh, you didn't. You picked Adnan. No, I have Adnan. Yeah, I'm good. good. I'm good. I got Rooney Rule, early. in effect. Yeah. Um, Damien would be good, but... Mm, what's your hesitation with Woody? Hmm. What other what NBA guys? I mean, Steven Jackson, that might be fun. He'd have guns. Yeah, he, we, 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 we wouldn't need supplies. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, is he would laugh if we said this in front of him. So, or Paul Pierce could be fun too. No way has he hunted. No, he hasn't. But I feel None. like he'd be down to do whatever. He would tell. He'd be it, spewing hot takes. The yeah, whole time. the hot the tape <laughs> yeah. machine between he and Stu and and Adnan just fueling the fire. I'm taking. Yeah, I'm Ad, taking Paul Pierce. Adnan would be like Stu. Stu, tell him that time you said that. The, the time. Remember that time remember, you said you hated that yeah, guy. You, you said you said Pierce was like the twelfth best small forward in the Atlantic. I love my crew. I'm good. All right, I'm taking Jeff Saturday. 
Uh, Brib, that he should have been the number one overall pick. That's a great number call. one he, overall he pick. He wears should've... camo like a round. Yes, he's he's hunts group. Um, that's his. That's not a gang thing. I'm throwing out there. That's his county in uh, in Georgia, and there's no doubt he'd be incredible. He should have been the number one overall pick, and then I almost took him second, but I knew you weren't going to take him. Some are going to wonder why did you not pick McShay? Not for the hunting trip. No way. Second day he'd be like. The thread count on these sheets sucks. Uh, <laughs> wow, Eva. All right. Yeah. No, no, you know, he'll. If you're going to like Vegas or New York. He's or, my number one pick for every other but not scenario, outdoors. but not not the hunting trip. So. I think Booger could have been a good pick, but I. Pierce, somebody's trying to pick. FaceTime me right now, and I have no idea who it is. Do it live. Do it live. All right. Be ready to edit this out. FaceTime failed. That must have been a mistake. Who was it? Uh, be a surprise. Finding out right now. Thing is, I haven't kept all the numbers in this phone. Hey, you don't really save numbers. Oh my god, that was a super surprising one. Good or bad? Oh no, pro athlete. Oh okay. Yeah, really cool. Look at look at me. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So how is the show? How's everything going? It's good. It's good. You know, it's, uh, Will's good. I'm serious. Yeah, and I know he I... is. He is really actually very good. Not that I didn't think he would be. Do you think his ins and outs are better than mine? Uh, he's pretty clean. Um, I noticed though, when he does those things when he starts a segment, it'll be like almost, he'll say, if he was coming back in today, he would, you know, like maybe segment three or segment four, he would go, Nick Foles should always be your backup. Never bet on the backup. Here's why Nick Foles is a backup. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, he kind of does these treetop things. And then he'll say, it's the Wilkane, and then he'll bring it. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll, he's very, it's like he's been thinking about this for a long time. I I was impressed. I was like, man, that's good. That's veteran stuff right there. He's very big on coming in with an opinion first and catching your ear, which the thing that he does is he listens to a lot of all, he listens to like Stern a ton and wants to do like what Stern does and all this stuff. So he's, he's got kind of that part of it down. Yeah. I was, uh, I listened and was like, hey, that's actually a good idea. Maybe I should have done that. And he, you know what he does that I love too is he's a reckless speculator. Like he will, yes, he will like trade LeBron. Like LeBron, LeBron should want to be traded, and the Cavs should trade LeBron. And I don't disagree with it, but it's just so ridiculous. Simmons' tweet was awesome. Yeah, because I mean it was great for Will too that Bill was was tweeting about the Will Kane show. But I show. feel like Simmons likes that stuff. Simmons likes he does reckless. He, he loves to do fake trades. And yeah, I do. I mean, I love fake trades. Who doesn't like fake? That's like my favorite part of the of the. Uh, I remember I I pitched a segment to you. Like two years ago on the deadline, we're like, let's just go through a bunch of random trades. And I'm like, this stuff might be cool. It ended up totally flopping. It was a terrible segment. And then nothing happened at the deadline. So it even made it worse. Yeah. But like back in the NBA today days, that was one of my favorite things to do. Like who says no? No, it wasn't even who says no. It was terrible trades that you know deep down you really like. Cause every trade, every trade that somebody sends me with a trade machine, one team is getting absolutely screwed. Yeah, the trade machine has sort of ruined trades. Right. It's like internet. France. Like, hey, this is going to be, you know, these are your stipulations. This is what you're going to have to deal with. And France, eh, sorry. And they're always like, it'll be some lopsided trade, like like Giannis goes to the Cavs or something. And you're like, oh, but, but there's but there's first round picks. Yeah. In there too. And the well, that, doesn't make it, that doesn't make it any better. Unprotected second. Uh, all right. All right, that'll do it for us. That was a lot of coverage. A lot of coverage. Um, there could be a bonus pod this week. We're working on it with Woj. 
for a trade deadline wrap-up, which I love. I actually like wrap-up pods for the trade deadline better than the preview of the trade deadline ones. So he said he's going to do it. It's just a scheduling thing. So normally I can't do two a week because that's what we plan, but I want to do a second one for everybody because I don't want to come back Monday and talk about the trade deadline. So maybe we'll come in early on Friday. I don't know. We'll figure it out, though. All right? See what his schedule's like. Yeah, it's really more up to Woj yeah, than it is you or I. All right, you're the man, Saruti. Uh Everybody, please subscribe. Do all those things. Keep the reviews coming in. They're unbelievable. Saruti's read all 2,000-plus of them. Five-star rating. You know the rules. And thank you.